Hello and welcome to Master My Garden podcast, the podcast that helps you master your own garden with useful tips, advice and know-how as you go on the way and journey of mastering your own garden. I'm your host John Jones and it's a pleasure to be with you here today. So let's get stuck in to this week's episode. How's it going everybody? Welcome to episode number 13 of Master My Garden Podcast. Now this week's episode, we're, it's a little bit of a short one, uh, a little bit like the last one where we spoke about slugs and snails in the garden. This one is about a specific question that regularly comes up. I regularly get asked it myself and I know, I know that garden centres, it's one of the most common questions that they get asked. So this week we're covering maybe the not so nice topic of how to ca- how to stop cats from pooping in your garden. Now, in order for us to, I suppose, prevent them from coming into our garden and pooping, we need to understand why they do it in the first place. So we'll get into a little bit of that, uh, explain that without getting into too much details, if we can at all. And that then will give you the knowledge that you'll need and the understanding to know what you can get to work, which, you know, to solve this problem, which is an absolute thorn in most gardener sides or a lot of gardener sides so we'll we'll go into that now before we start off i have to admit that i'm not a massive cat fan myself but and i suppose to be fair they don't actually love me either and i have a little bit of evidence to back that up a number of years ago i was supposed to be in dublin for a meeting early one morning and because it was it was at the time when the, the roads weren't so good and traffic was really bad. The meeting was at nine in Dublin, so I said I would stay the night before in my mother-in-law's house, my mother-in-law, Annette. And they have a cat there. And as I say, I'm not a big cat fan. And get up the next morning, put on the, the work clothes for this meeting, very important meeting, you might add. And about to leave for the meeting and came out the bedroom door to head down the stairs and the cat was there. Now the cat decided that it wanted to rub off me and uh, rub off my suit for the which I didn't want them to do going into this meeting. So I hooshed the cat away. Now no more than a little hoosh, not a kick or anything like that. And that was all right. I went downstairs into the kitchen. Was going to get breakfast, and then I said, "I get this bit of a smell, and I don't know what it is." And Nobody could figure out what it was. So anyway, I decided this smell is not great. I'm going to hightail it out of here. So out to the car, really cold morning, turned on the heat, drove on. Uh, not too far down the road, this smell was still lingering. I said, oh, no. Got out, looked at my shoes. No, nothing there. Drove on again. The smell was getting worse as the heat got higher in the car. And I eventually figured out that as I came out of the bedroom that time and hooshed the cat, the cat decided to spray me. Um, on this was on the way to quite an important meeting so as I say I'm not a fan of cats and they don't seem to like me very much either but having said all that uh, no way should you ever harm or or try to do anything to get rid of cats from your garden that's not uh, humane or anything like that and when this question comes up you usually hear the silly comments of get a pellet gun and so on and so on and I don't agree with that at all and uh, they're going about their business and we're going about ours and it's just about understanding before we can solve a problem 
So the reason that cats come to the garden to do their business is essentially because they like to get a spot where they can where, where they can bury their their fouling for want of a better word. So they they like to go to the toilet in a in an area that's relatively quiet, relatively secluded, and then they want to bury it. And when they do that, they basically that scent that they have left there themselves will draw them back then the next day and the next day and the next day. And so they create a habit and that habit is formed based on, on the smell that they're leaving there and they will continue to go back to that spot. Why they purposely choose gardens is that nine times out of ten these gardens are the soil is well tilled, um, you have mulched flower beds maybe with bark mulch or something like that. And those types of soils and those mulches make it very easy easy for them to bury their fouling without going to any great effort. So that's number one, why they choose those type of areas. As I say, they come back to that area over and over again because they have left that scent. So we need to solve the problem by understanding that in the first place. If you have children's play areas with bark mulch or sandbox boxes in, in, the, in the garden, it's extremely important to ensure that these areas are covered and cat, cats can't access them because aside from the fact that they, they'll go in your flower beds, which is not great for your flower beds and for, for you, the gardener, it's not nice. But from a, a health perspective, it is a genuine health risk, sandboxes and mulched areas where you have play, play areas and so on. So it is a real, real health problem there as well. So you have to be very, very conscious of it with, with kids' play areas. So we'll look at the options now and there's several options. And how these options, how you succeed with these options really is down to how persistent you're willing to be because the cats will be persistent. So as I said, it's a habit. It's a habit that's formed and formed over time. So we have to find a way of breaking that habit. So the first option is to provide an alternative area in the garden. So if it's your cat, is there anywhere that in the garden that maybe you can put a litter tray or is there an area way down the back that isn't seen by people or isn't that important to you that you can dig a little area and actually sort of create uh, an area for them to go to the toilet without you know give them a, a better option than than your flower beds if it's your neighbor's cat that's coming in that tends to be more offending if it's not your cat um, it seems to annoy people a lot more when it's their neighbor's cat coming in doing it but if you know your neighbor and you can go in and politely ask them is there anything that they can do in terms of providing a litter tray or whatever the case may be but if you can do that then that gives them an option now if you are able to provide this secondary area um, in whatever format that is. The first thing that you need to do is remove any fouling from existing flower beds and wash down that area because you have to remove that scent that we spoke about. If you don't do that, then you can't break the habit. So remove it, wash down the area, provide that additional toilet area, and then hopefully you'll get your cats to move out of your flower beds. So that's point number one, provide an alternative toilet area. The second one is the most common one that you see. So you get a cat repellent. Now, these cat repellents, there's lots of different types of them out there. So you can get them in granule format, liquid format, gels, powders, and all that sort of thing. And essentially they all work on smells. So they're based on garlic, citrus oils, pepper, and you know all those type eucalyptus oils and all that sort of thing. 
And essentially what they're doing is they're taking out that element again, what we spoke about at the start, where a cat comes back to its own scent. These smells that you're putting on, these deterrents that you're putting on, are confusing the cat. So the cat is not sure that this is their area. This is not where I've gone before. But the downfall, there's two downfalls here, and this is where people normally fall down, is that in order for these to work, you really have to, again, remove that initial fouling and wash down the area. And then you put down your, your garlic or your citrus oil or your pepper dust or whatever it is, and that smell, the, the cat can't pick up that they were there before, so they move on and go somewhere else. The other thing to, to note here, and it's really important, is that when you're putting down these products, if you get heavy rain, they are likely to be washed away. So if you want to break a habit, you have to consistently do it. So if you buy your, your whatever your spray or your powder or your gel, lash it around your flower bed, and you say, right, that's it, I've the problem solved, and you walk away, and then the next day you get heavy rain, really and truly that product is washed away. Now it's totally safe and all the rest of it, but it is washed away, so it loses its effectiveness. So if you don't do that, you don't, reapply it and keep reapplying it for a period of time to break that initial habit then you won't be successful with the product um, so that's the two major downfalls as i say with any of these repellents now a lot of these repellents the, the name has changed on they used to be called cat repellents but they're now called training aids and it, it's been called a training aid for that reason you're not actually repelling the cat you're training it to move somewhere else and you have to follow those procedures of cleaning the initial fouling and then of course um, reapplying it if you get any rain now if you don't want to go out and buy a particular cat repellent there is lots of different household versions and if you look at this question coming up in in facebook group groups and so on you'll see multiple multiple solutions or possible solutions uh, things like curry powder pepper citrus peelings coffee grounds vinegar household ammonia and all of these type things so these are household versions of of what you would buy in the shop having said that the same rules apply if you're if you're not going to start clean at the start then these won't work and if you don't reapply every time you get rain these won't work and you need to break that habit so that's point number two get cat repellents the next option is plant densely and include herbs in this so this is a sort of a two-pronged approach so number one if you go back to the original thing cats like to go somewhere where they have the space where they have that loose ground that they're able to dig over and bury their their fouling if you plant it densely and leave little space for this they don't like those type of areas so they like to be in a an area where they have that bit of space to to root around and so on so plant it densely obviously you need to you know you're not going to just completely smother the bed with plants for for that reason and then in a year's time they grow and grow and they're all grown in on top of one another so just but planted relatively uh, densely and then in that include some herbs and some plants with, with with other aromas in it so whether that's lavenders and so on because again that will work on on the cat's smell so if the area is clean then you have the you know the lavenders and the other herbs these strong smells they confuse the cat and they're not able to pick up their scent as easily so they'll decide no this is not for me because as i said they can't pick up their own scent there so that's point number three plant densely and include herbs the fourth one which is a lot of people talk about being very successful 
I don't have any personal experience of it to be honest with you, but I can understand why it would be very effective. So it's to place sharp object objects in the flower beds. Now this is not going to be harmful to your to your pets in any way or to your cat in any way. It's just a case of making it a little bit uncomfortable so that they decide no, this is not the place for me either. So when when we talk about placing sharp objects, you can do things like planting thorny bushes, or if you have pruned any bushes, you know, thorn, thorny bushes, roses or whatever, you might leave the clippings on the bed. Um, other people talk about using pointed sticks, pointed bamboo canes, things like that. Just things that make the area not that nice for the cat to walk over or for the cat to root around in. And I'm told, as I said, that these work very, very well. They may not be, if you're in a very you know, manicured garden, they may not be the most aesthetic looking things. So it may not be an option for you but apparently it works and works extremely well. So that's point number four, place sharp objects in the flower beds. Point number five, this is one of the, one of the most common, I would say, used versions. So this is a motion activated water spray. And what this does is it's a, a sensor on a spike with a water sprinkler on it. So essentially that sits in the garden, always connected to a hose, which is a little bit of a downside to it. So it's always connected to your hose and it's battery operated or some of them are, are, are plugged in. And when a cat passes across it, it activates it and this will cause it to spray water. Now, as I said, cats like uh, seclusion, they like uh, going in comfort. So when they walk across and get sprayed by water, that's not considered comfortable. So if that, after that happens for a few times, they'll say, no, this is not for me and they'll move off somewhere else. So. That's how it works. As I said, the downside of it is it always has to be connected to a water source. The other downside is that it, it can be triggered by other pets. So if you have a dog in the garden, that dog is going to trigger it off every time it goes by. Um, the other thing is that if the areas behind sheds or behind heavy bushes that you know where the cat is going, that may not be protected because the water might not be able to spray into that area, might be, not be able to get behind the shed or whatever it is. The next one then, which is the final one, in my opinion, is probably the best version. The reason, the reason I say that is it's the one that's most successful with the least effort on your behalf. And these ones are motion activated again, they're ultrasonic cat deterrents. So the ultrasonic cat deterrent activates again once the cat passes across it. And once it's activated, it emits a really high pitched sound that basically cause the cat to leave the area. It doesn't harm them at all, so it's not harming the cat, but they don't like the sound of it. It's completely inaudible to humans and to dogs, so if you have dogs in the garden, don't worry, it's not gonna affect them in the slightest, because they work on, cats and dogs, they work on, on different uh, hearing systems, so the dog won't hear it at all, but the cat will be, won't like it and will bolt the minute they hear it. The biggest point with this, and this is where uh, most people you know, if you're not going to have success with the most people fall down in that they they think that once you plug it into an area, it covers the whole garden. And what you have to remember and what you have to nearly think about is it almost works like the remote control on your TV. So if you can picture if you're standing behind a, a press in your kitchen and you go to press the TV uh, remote control, it won't work because it can't pass through solid objects. And this is the same for these ultrasonic uh, cat deterrents. 
so they need an open an open area so again if the area that you're trying to protect is at the back of a shed then there's no point in plugging it in on the front side you need to plug it in where it can get a clear line of vision essentially to to the area that you're trying to protect and that's the only way that this signal can work it's highly effective it's in my opinion as i said the best uh, the best version or the best type of of deterrent out there but you have to watch for that point now there's lots lots of of options here if you look on on online or in any of the garden centers there's lots of options there and if you just look at the reviews and see which ones have a lot of reviews which one have a lot of good reviews and then that will help you decide because you can buy these units from very very cheap from 10 euros up to 80 90 and it's just a matter of getting one that you know is going to work so watch out for the reviews personally i do know of two that are really really effective but both by the same company they're, they're one called cat watch and another called cat free and i've never personally used either of those two because i don't have cats you know based on what i said earlier where i'm not a massive cat fan myself but i have used they have another version in the range which is for foxes and when our hens got taken by foxes i got one of these fox watch units and i don't want to tempt fate now but touch wood i haven't had any issues so far and essentially the cat watch and the cat free they're one does i think it's 200 square meters and the other does maybe 400 so they're just different sizes of the same thing and both of them work off either battery or mains power so they're very very good options and the other thing that these ultrasonic cat deterrents are used quite regularly for is that if you have bird feeding stations in your in your garden or bird tables and either you have a cat or your neighbors have a cat that's constantly you know hunting around those tables and it can can stop the the birds coming in for food which you know obviously you want to see them you want to be able to enjoy them but if you have a cat that's prowling that area they may not come in as readily so people do use these ultrasonic cat deterrents for stopping cats attacking a feeding station so that's another good option if you if you have one and you're having that sort of a problem so as i say this is not uh, it's not maybe the nicest topic nicest gardening topic to, to to talk about but it is one of the most common questions that i get asked it's such a problem for for a lot of people and it's good i think to give the options and to help people with with that and as i said if there's anything you'd like covered in future episodes please let me know you can find us on facebook it's john jones at master my garden or instagram at master my garden and if you're enjoying the podcast share it with all your gardening friends and that's it for this week's episode uh, a little bit shorter than normal but we have had a couple of long ones and as i say i think uh, number 12 and number 13 they're really important questions that need answers that people struggle with a lot so as i say hopefully those it gives you the options in both cases and, and helps you solve a little a little problem that people have in the garden. So that's it. Until the next time, happy gardening. Mm-hmm.